Welcome, Annette. How are you? So great to see you. Thank you, Paula. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to see you and meet you. Yes, yes, you too. So as you know, I think you're a little bit familiar with our podcast. We basically love to hear people's stories about how they came across mindfulness, the challenges they were facing at the time, and then their journey as to how they found or in the process of finding the practices that work best for you. So maybe we can start at the beginning if you want to tell me a little bit about when you started your first time that you encountered mindfulness, what was going on in your life and what was it that, you know, piqued your interest about it? So we definitely don't have enough time, but <laughs> to say really quickly, um, it started about 10 years ago, give or take. I was in heavy therapy at that point. Um, pretty raw human breakdown, failed marriage, lots of health issues, family issues, um, just life in general, very overwhelming. Uh, at that time, I had a child with special needs and another son to raise. And my psychologist is like, you're, you're just beating yourself with the monkey mind. And that's how meditation came about. I've always kind of dabbled in it, but nothing consistent, nothing very heavy. And I never had uh, a role model, you know, to, you know, venture me into that world and coming from a very strict Roman Catholic church, you know, anything out of those practices is a cult, you know, or against the church. So I just always battled with like the confusion of it. And then my psychologist mentioned Insight Timer. And he said, I just want you to go on to listen to this one two minute poem. And if you like it, join. And if you don't, we'll find something else that resonates with you. So the poem was called She Let Go. And huh. I don't know if you, you know it. Okay. So I know I just love the title. Oh, I've, yeah. I haven't, so I'm going to look it up. She let yeah, go. Yeah, she let okay. go. And so many people had it out there. One in particular that resonated with me was John Sadiq, who is very well known on IT. And uh, so I got into it, um, not heavily, but enough that it was the most I've ever done. And I did that for about two years and my ex thought that it was a dating app of some sort and it was a big fight. So I wound up getting off of it just to avoid mm. whatever. But in the time that I was off of it, I just was experiencing more human breakdown. And then I said, you know what, I'm gonna get on and I'm, I'm gonna find whatever works for me. And again, I was just grasping at anything that was coming my way. And little by little, I felt an internal battle and I didn't know what this was. And so I started venturing off into some, you know, podcasts and webinars. I did a four month leadership course that completely cracked the shell. And in that time I met Mitch and wow. Mitch, mm -hmm. I was part of Mitch's circle on IT and he it was part of the Unified Mindfulness Group. And I am who I am. I have a very big loving heart. And, you know, for me, that what's always made me whole and feel loved is really by supporting others and helping others any which way I can, you know. And he saw something in that and in me and the comments that I would leave or the encouragement that I would give somebody. And then here we are now, two years later, and all these techniques that he got to introduce me to, you know, and the world of Shenzhen Young and 
all these things that I, I know if it wasn't for Mitch, I may have tapped it, but I would never have dove into it as much as I've have. And coming out two years later, even though it's still a process, right? Cause every day is work, every day is work 24 seven. But as I was saying to you before, I can't believe how naturally the techniques come to me. And my brain knows that it's not even fight or flight anymore. It's, oh, rain. Oh, I have this feeling. Oh, I have this emotion. Well, now let's sit. And what technique resides with you, you know? And yeah. it's just been an amazing journey. Amazing. That's beautiful. And when you go back to when you first went on Insight Timer, what was it about the poem that made you feel curious about continuing to find some techniques and also what were some of the benefits that you were experiencing at that initial time that kind of kept you curious do you remember yeah the curiosity crazy as it is because I really do remember when you listen to the poem you're going to really understand what I'm saying it goes against everything I've ever was you know oh you're supposed to lash out oh you're supposed to get angry you know, oh, you're supposed to cry and rant and rave. You know, it's normal. This is what we do. But when yeah. you get really into deep emotions, oh, no, we don't want any of that. Da, da, da. But in the poem, you know, he says she didn't have to tell anybody. She didn't need to call her girlfriends. She just looked at herself one day, you know, and again, whatever I'm saying to you now, when you hear it, it's going to be like, oh, and every time anyone ever listens to it, because I highly recommend it to everybody, he or she, everybody always comes back like that is the most powerful thing that you could listen to for two minutes. So my curiosity yeah. really came from that. Like, how don't I tell anybody how desperate I am for help? Or how don't I scream out, you know, and, and do this and do that? And then I started listening to mindfulness, you know, the breath. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has this idea of meditation that it's, you know, quieting the monkey mind. And I've learned that it's not about quieting. It's about sitting and accepting the monkey mind. Because once I learn to sit and accept, then all of a sudden I'm one with it. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like we have a relationship where I'm like, okay, we're going to do nothing. I'm going to sit at my table because I have a beautiful setup now. And it just made me want to dive in deeper because then the people I was meeting along the way, I'm like, okay, so I know my story is not so great, but wow, yours is so much challenging than mine. And how are you standing there smiling? How Mm -hmm. are you persevering? How do you live as if you don't have the baggage and the scars, you know, and the stories? Now I know it's the baggage, the scars and the stories that make you, you know, yeah. so it, it's just a process of learning something entirely different than anything you've ever known, you know, so and true, we, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and again, especially Westerners, we have this one idea of meditation and it's funny, like when people say it to me now, I'm like, oh, come, come sit with me. Let me say a few things to you. Cause it's so different from your normal meditation that everybody does that we're supposed to sit in some funky position and everybody says that I've heard you say it I've heard Dave say it I heard Mitch say it and it's not because I could do it doing dishes when my son is having a meltdown and he's flailing arms and kicking and screaming 
you know, I know that it's about the energy we possess. When I go into a technique, my energy changes no matter what. Hmm. And that is so, so beneficial when you have a child with special needs because you feel challenged in it. It's, it's very trying some, you know, yes. and then that applies to everything in life, everything. Yeah. Rage, the nasty person at the supermarket, you know, everything, family. <laughs> so it's For amazing. Sure. Yeah. And it sounds like what resonated with you was the sense that you could finally relax, right? Like we, we work so hard to keep ourselves together and what we should or shouldn't be. And mindfulness gave you this opportunity to just, this is me. This is, <laughs> this is what's going on. Uh, so that's so beautiful that you were able to tap into that early and then find the techniques and the people that supported you. Cause that both are important. Right. And maybe you can tell us a bit about, about that. Like what were some of the techniques that resonated with you at the beginning? Um, and, and you mentioned that you met people that supported you. So how did that, how did that work and help along the path? Sure. Yeah. So it, it really did start with the breath, with breath work. And, mm -hmm. and that is fundamental because when I actually learned how to breathe, I said, I can't believe I've not been breathing all this time. There were mm -hmm. even times in certain sessions that people would look at me and be like, breathe. And I'm like, how do you know I'm not breathing? But it, it's just, it's the energy that you possess too, when, when you're, you're static and you're clinging on to that. Yeah. So a lot of, 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 of the basis was within the breath work. But when Mitch started teaching me, see, hear, feel, mm -hmm. you know, I felt kind of all over the place. And again, I know because it's new, so I needed time and practice, but I, so I have five autoimmunes and the see, hear, feel was coming more into my own pain than I ever realized. Mm -hmm. So see here feel I think I resonated with the most in the beginning because it was such it was so more than what I expected I thought it was up here but I was feeling it throughout you know and every time something would happen that I thought was catastrophic and you know like the end of the world and you know and Mitch is like where are your techniques you know uh -huh. and he's like you have to constantly go back to the techniques and once you do and then you start feeling it and seeing it and hearing the difference. You're like, aha, you know, and you want to go back to it. But for me, I think three really big ones were feel rest, do nothing and nurture positive. Yes. Feel rest because I'm on the go 24 seven. And even if I'm still, I'm not restful and mm -hmm. all the energies that stirs up do nothing because I'm always doing something <laughs> and nurture positive because even Mitch knows that being loving and kind to myself is one of my biggest hurdles. You know, I've only really probably only in like maybe the six months to a year have really dove deep into nurture positive and everything. I do a lot of mirror work, positive affirmations, but it really stemmed for nurture positive um, because I'm in the middle of a pretty rough divorce after 21 years of marriage. Um, and it's unfortunate because it is, um, but there's so much attached to that. 
that it, it makes me re not revert, but go back to the stories of not good things, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it, it kind of undoes some of the scars and the wounds and whatnot, but that nurture positive cleans it out, puts yes. the healing cream on it, you know, knows that if it's a bullet hole, you're not going to put a bandaid over it, you know, and all these things. And, and now, like I was saying this morning, everything I do, my brain just automatically does it. So if there's a part of me that knows it's in distress, my brain and my body work simultaneously with each other that, okay. And I'll do rain, you know, I mean, it, it's a huge part of it, you know, and whether from Tara or, or from Mitch or other people that I've worked with, you know, they're like, you got to investigate where that's coming from. Cause you think it's the moment, but it's not, it's probably from somewhere back there, mm -hmm. you know, and the people that supported me, you know, saw that in me and, and they're like, you have to accept you for all you are, you know, everything you've been through, you know, but there was always shame and guilt and judgment, you know, and something in leadership that came out in TME was no shame, no blame, no judgment, no guilt. And so then I started picking up all the things with the other webinars that I've done, the support groups, what came out in leadership. I tell Mitch all the time for two years, he either says it and then it happens in life or it happens in life. And then we talk about it on the next class. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, wow, you know, it's powerful. It is powerful. And there's so much wisdom in, in what you shared, because it sounds like the breath was a really good entryway and that you also noticed, oh my goodness, I'm not breathing. You know, it's this natural thing that we, we think we should do that we're doing. And then when you bring your attention to it, um, it can be very liberating for some people to realize that it can be scary at times, the breath. So it's like a time for some, it sounds like it worked for you. For some people, it might become more of a thought thing like, oh, am I breathing right? What am I doing? So the breath and then the see, hear, feel is almost like the foundation, right? So when we, when we become overwhelmed, um, things are hard. Everything seems like it's falling apart. And then what do we do? And to just remember that, oh, we have this technique, like everything that we're experiencing is only in three places. It's either something you see or something you hear or something you feel. And I also found that just revolutionary, right? Because it's like, oh, no, but this thing is really challenging. But it's like, wait, it's still just see, hear, and feel like it's crazy. So that's wonderful. And then the other thing I heard you say, which, which has been true to my experience as well, is that these techniques of just noticing, like when we just notice the breath or just notice what you see, hear, and feel are, are very important. They're kind of a foundation, but there's this other element, like that's the insight element. And then there's this other element of compassion, of learning to to love ourselves and to bring warmth into the whole experience, um, it can become very dry and very hard. And for some people, I know I've experienced this, it's like another way to beat yourself up. It's like, oh no, I didn't see, hear, feel, <laughs> you know, I lost it yeah. or, oh, I, you know, I'm not doing it right. So, so the fact that you were able to tune into some rest, some do nothing, just letting yourself experience what's happening without trying to control it and the nurture positive. How can I bring some, cultivate some, some warmth, some kindness, some love towards myself 
and seeing how that affects the people around you, that it's not like, you know, we were talking before how many of us were taught to not be selfish, you know, and to worry about everybody else, but not us. But actually, when we bring love to ourselves, it only benefits everybody because who doesn't need more love, right? Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't love absolutely. a loving person? Who doesn't love love? Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because even in this awareness, you know, I've, I've said numerous times to Mitch, you know, oh, it's somebody I've always wanted to be, you know, and I'm like, in this way I'm presenting this being, you know, my mother's convinced I'm in a cult, you know, no matter what she's like, you know, it's a good cult, you know, cause I could see the change in you, you know, <laughs> you're not, you didn't shave your head. You're not giving money away, you know, and I'm like, listen, if this is a cult of love and it's changed me from everything that I couldn't think I could change from, Mm -hmm. if it could, you know, stop the old stories, because, you know, these stories we tell ourselves, no one tells us, stop. What do you like about that story? You know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and through see, hear, feel, and especially rain, it gets you to dig deep on your own because you can't lie to yourself. When I look at myself in the mirror I collide, but the person in the mirror knows I'm lying, you know, and, and that for me, and even in, in conjunction with physical pain, you know, that's where a lot of feel flow came up. Cause when I did a lot of too much, you know, and then my body would pay for it. But then if something outside would happen, then my emotions just would just go with it, you know? And then once I really got the full practice of feel flow, I'm like, oh, so I could do it with like, see, hear, feel, and I could do it in and I could do it out. And then I could flow, whether it's a see, whether it's a hear, whether it's a feel. And that helped me then 10 times more with the pain, because I'm like, you know, when we're in pain, we're like, oh no, no, go away, go away. And if it's an everyday thing, you just build more resistance and you do get angry because your mind doesn't hurt, but your body is, and they're not aligned. But when I feel flow and if it's a thought, then I, then I learn like, well, this is what Mitch is teaching me. And this is what is about feel flow that if I could do it with the thought, then why can't I do it with this pain that I feel, Mm. you know? And then, so things that he was even having me do. And now again, my, the, the techniques, how naturally they come to me, you know? And so like on rainy dates, I know immediately it's going to rain two days before it rains. My body lets me know every time. And so immediately now I will, I will just do what I do. I will feel in, then I will feel out, then I will feel rest. And then I will feel flow that I strictly do when it comes to physical pain, then something will happen and I'll get distracted or I'll get up and start doing whatever. And then all of a sudden, when I realize it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm moving and I'm not holding my breath. I'm not wincing. And to me, that's amazing because when you start seeing it, even in the most minute ways in such a big area of your life, you sit and you say, well, it's happening. And I never thought that this was possible. So can you imagine what's really possible? Mm, And that's what's so beautiful about these techniques, which is not taught you know, in other mindfulness practices, you know, like they have practices where my support groups, it's about sitting, grounding, connecting, and then, you know, yes, feeling, being aware of your surroundings, whether it be internally, externally, but the techniques are not broken down like unified mindfulness. Yes. 
And so did you mention that you use the rain technique as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that in case there's some listeners who haven't heard sure. of it? Yeah. So as most of us know, rain is to recognize, accept, investigate, and nourish. And Mitch would always say, you got RAI really good, but that N, and that is the most important thing because that nourishing after all the work you do, you have to do it. You have, we are our own worst enemies. A lot of us Westerners are like that, you know? There are not many people that I meet that don't relentlessly beat themselves down. So when you get to nourish, it does feel so foreign, you know? But when I, when I sit and I recognize like, all right, something's going on. I don't know what it is, so let's sit, you know? Where do I feel it? How big is it? What color is it? Where is it, you know? And then when I accept it, whatever it is, I'm just going to sit here fully and wholly and accept this. Mm -hmm. It's it's not me. It's just this moment in time. And that in itself, just doing that little thing already makes me feel a shift. And then I investigate, you know, and I can investigate all day, every day, you know, because there's always something that something else is attached to, you know, and like I was saying before, you think it's this moment but nine out of 10 times, it's something from the past, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and then the nourish, like I said, um, you know, it, it's just such a beautiful thing when you could physically be okay with hugging yourself, telling yourself how much you love yourself, how much you're accepting yourself of this moment of any other moment, you know, because you think you have to get that externally, you know? Yes. We, we're not really raised with, everything you ever seek outside is always within, you know, most of the people I know were not raised like that, you know, or that go find it in a God or in a statue or in a building, you know, and so on and so forth. And so that nourish just rain in itself. And then mm -hmm. of course, Mitch's technique with soda. I don't know if you're familiar with his soda. No, no. What's that one? I'm sorry if I blew that up, but Mitch had put <laughs> yeah. this thing together called soda, which is stop observe, detach, and act. Beautiful. And so mm -hmm. I'm an Italian New Yorker. So of course I fly off the handle immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but in soda, especially with my ex-husband, you know, okay. and some family mm -hmm. members that there's just a lot of turmoil with, soda has been immense hand in hand with rain. It, it's just okay. been immense. To me personally, my experience with both of them, they're hand in hand now. There's a lot of times I can't even do soda without rain and vice versa, especially the soda now, because as soon as I say stop, stop. I stop. Yes. That's it. You know, and then even and, and it helps because I don't react. I literally just don't react anymore. I may feel something stirring, but the all the techniques, all the tools that I've been given this starts going before this starts going now. And to nice. me, out of everything, besides the nourishing and the loving, that is monumental because that was something that I've always wanted to change and work on and improve, you know, just within myself, but in everybody I interact with, you know, I mean, I have this child with special needs that is all about action. You know, he may mm -hmm. not understand the words. So now when he sees it, he sits and he uh -huh. does three deep breaths. And he wow. puts his phone up to say, stop, stop. observe, <laughs> detach, you know? So it's beautiful. It really is. I think that's the hardest part for most of us when we're 
angry or upset. We just want to react. You know, we feel like we must react, but no, if we can just stop, you know, for a second and I like, so stop, observe, detach. So just it's, I like what you said also that it's not you. It's just, this is what's happening in the moment. You know, even if there's rage and whatever the thoughts are, this is what's happening and then act is the last one. So only then you act. Yeah. So then you come back. And so it's not also, it's different from like not looking at it. I'm just going to walk away and I'm going to just pretend this isn't happening. It's like, no, it's just a break. And then we act from almost like a deeper place where we yeah. can be more effective. And, and that place is a place of love and not reaction. Yes. Because, and that's what Mitch brought to me. He's like, you're not emotionally reacting. You're just responding when you do, you know, yes. and there's such a difference between the two. Yeah. And I wonder if you've seen, cause I know I noticed this with my kids um, that it can de-escalate. Like if I, that there's usually any conflict, what I see now is I used to just think, oh, they're not behaving, but it's both of us. Right. So when I can just stop a little bit, then they, they can calm. Do you find that with your Absolutely. son as well? I have yeah. actually a 25 year old son as well. Okay. And I noticed it in him because you know, 25 year olds, they're invincible. They're untouchable. They know everything. And he was commenting on, on a subject that I really truly felt was not his position to comment on, you know, I mean, we could all mm -hmm. have our opinions or not. And the more he spoke, oh, I felt it. Oh, I felt it. I was like, oh, okay, let's just rain right now. Cause I felt the, the, the fury building up, you know? And so as he was talking and I was doing rain, like I was just trying to investigate where this anger was coming from. Mm -hmm. Was it directly at him? Was he saying something that was really true and going against everything I believed in? You know, like what story, what, whatever it was, by the time he was like, ma, are you listening to me? And I'm like, oh, I heard every word you said, but he's waiting for that explosion. Yes. He's waiting for her, his mom, that he's known to be a certain way all this time to be like, oh, she's brewing big time, <laughs> you know? And I said, I'm just going to take a deep breath. And I think you should take a deep breath. And I said, you know, if that's your opinion, you know, I got to respect it. It's your opinion. My opinion may not agree with that opinion, mm -hmm. but we could leave it off. And I've never done something like that. So he's wow. kind of just still standing there like, do I walk away? Do I ask her, is it over? You know, is he, and I knew he was still waiting for that backlash. Mm -hmm. I knew he was waiting for that emotional reaction. And then my other son, Christian, kind of came in into the mix. And then all of a sudden it, it just died down you know, and then he kind of looked at me and I was like, what? And he's like, nah, yeah, you're changing ma. He's like, I see it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, we all have that in us, but how yeah. that change initially, just even saying to yourself, even if you don't have these techniques, just take a deep breath, three, mm -hmm. right? Cause everything we do in three, right? And then just say, why am I angry? I'm talking mm -hmm. to my son. This is someone I love. Like, just, just hold on to it. You don't need to push it on the side. Just hold, be with it. We are always taught to fight against mm -hmm. the tide, right? So to yes. say, mm -hmm. once you learn to just hold it, see it, feel it, hear it, be with it, it, it's just so different. And 
it makes you want to do the practices even more because you could see it for yourself. Like, oh, something just recently happened with my ex-husband and I went off on this little thing in my head and then I went into the mirror and I, I get it out and then I do nurture positive. And then I was telling Mitch about it and he was like, what? And so you told your ex and I'm like, oh no, no, no. I told myself all that. And he goes, oh, so you didn't tell your ex any of it. And I was like, no. And he's like, I'm so proud of you. And to me, that's huge. It's huge because one, it's habitual how much we, what we do, we don't even realize that maybe if our mind doesn't want to do it, we just do it because that's all we've known to do. And Mm -hmm. then when you're taught something differently, that's when the techniques come in, you know, every single time, whether it be my mother and the cult that I'm in, whether it be my ex-husband and about what this horrible person I am or what other family dynamics, you know, whatever it may be telling a doctor things I see in my son that he doesn't see. And now I need to believe him because he's the doctor, you know, which gets frustrated and angry because nobody wants to listen to you. But then when I stand in my truth and I start doing all these techniques and again, the micro hits, everything that we've been taught, it changes and shifts my energy so much that it, it almost not forces, but just makes the receiving end attuned to that you know, that they're like, you know, and then they feel your energy. And then all of a sudden, when you start speaking to them, it's something entirely different than they expected. So now they're more open to receive, they're more open to hear. So it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah, that's so great. So great. I wanted to touch back on, um, you mentioned feel flow, and how it's helped you with your pain with physical pain. So is that something you could walk us through? How do you do feel flow and how does it help with the pain? Because I think people would be interested in that. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I was saying before, you know, when we experience physical pain, you know, our brain just does this thing of like, oh no, not now I'm too busy, you know, and we know that push and shove, the more we resist, the more it persists. Everybody knows that what you think about, you bring about, we all know this, whether you're part of TME, unified mindfulness or anything, just facts of life. So, um, so I have psoriatic arthritis for one of my autoimmunes and Lyme disease. And so they're the most battling ones, because if you have a flare up in Lyme, your arthritis is through the roof. And sometimes the arthritis can just manifest, excuse me, any of the Lyme symptoms, and, and I've been lucky because I, my sister has horrific Lyme disease. So, mm-hmm. but I, I would love for her to learn the techniques one day and just pray that I know that they'll work with her as they worked with me. So let's just say I, I get out of bed and usually in the morning, as soon as I wake up, I thank God for just waking up, you know? And so Mitch is telling really incorporate intentions, you know, as soon as you come to consciousness, these intentions that we create throughout the day. So immediately upon waking, I know my body, I'm just very used to it. So I know what to expect. And so I, I pray for an active, healthy, you know, day, you know, I don't want to say pain free or things like that. There's just certain words I omit. Um, But normally I get out of bed and if I have a very low cushion at my meditation table and so getting down and getting up from that, can be difficult. So 
as soon as I get down, I'll go into certain techniques, certain practices, and I switch them around because I do whatever comes forth, you know, like I don't really sit and plan it now. Um, in the beginning, I did just so I learned the flow of the techniques and everything. And then I will get to my source of pain, you know, and I'll talk to it, you know. Mm. And so as we know, like the breath, how we let it come in, even if we hold it for three seconds, we still have to let it flow out. So why can't we do that with pain? Why can't we find out where that pain is? So let's say it's, it's always in my hip joints, right? Especially that I run, I walk, I jog a lot. So I have lots of hip issues. And so I'll feel it on my hips and I'll speak to them loving kindly, kindly, you know, like I, I feel you, I see you, I hear you're hurting, you know, and you're here for this moment. And then I'll just go into closing my eyes and going right to that source of pain and letting, seeing it, it's for me, it's visual work. You know, it's that mental screen we have when our eyes are closed and I'll let the pain come in and I'm trying to embrace it. You know, I'm trying to be one with it rather than pushing it away. And then I always say to myself, for every thought, everything I see here and feel that I'm letting come in because I'm letting it flow in. Well, now mm. I get to let it flow out. And when I tell myself that, the pain is flowing with it. And then if it's really, really big, if it's a really, really hard day, I'll do, well, how big is it? What shape is it? What color is it? And, and, I, and I do, I owe Mitch so much gratitude in that because I've never done work with that. And then it's so crazy because once I started to do it with him, then I was finding it everywhere else, you know, about sizing it and coloring it and almost naming it. And yeah. then I just, the, the, the visual work that I do in my mind of holding it and letting it flow out, that that's a game changer. It also came in conjunction with him wanting me to read a book. And that book was by Dr. Joe Dispenza called You Are the Placebo. And mm -hmm. so as he was teaching me, he also was having me, like he does these great things that always have such a beautiful way of always being intertwined with each other. And, um, and it was a game changer. It was a yeah. game changer. Cause from that point on, I was probably on seven different man-made medications. And wow. here I am less than two years and I'm on one. And I'm doing more wow. physical activity than I probably have in over a decade. That's so, so amazing. And I love this idea of, of letting it flow, that it's like something that comes and that goes. And it also brings me back to at one point earlier, you mentioned that you went to the mirror and you, I think you were angry with your ex-husband. So you, you said it. So is that part of also like not keeping it in your system, right? Like getting out. So would you say to yourself what you would have said to your ex-husband? Is that what you do? Absolutely. So like I'm a flow. very, very verbal woman. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never done that, but I love that idea. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So through one of my supporters, so I'm, again, part of IT and I'm pretty big part of it now. A lot of people do know me. I, I go by Anika in there. Anika is a net in Sanskrit. So it's resonated oh, with me so much more than just being given like a spiritual name. And it kind of came funny about how that name came up, but we'll talk about that later. And so 
one of my my mantra teachers said, oh, there's this woman. You should listen to her podcast. She's really cool. She's down to earth. And she saw something in me like Mitch did. And she said, I just want to offer you, you know, maybe sessions of love, like whatever we could do. And in one of those sessions came out mirror work you know, okay. which came out in leadership. So how everything always kind of comes out, you know, and in leadership, it was very hard for me because you're doing it also in a class of a hundred people and holding up a mm -hmm. mirror. And I'm like, okay, awkward, but I've, I've never had whatever it is that it takes to stand in front of a mirror and say whatever needs to be said, good, bad, or indifferent, right? Or like Mitch says, it's only good, there's nothing bad, right? The unpleasant <laughs> or the pleasant. And um, so once I got past the mirror work, um, I, I realized that if there was a confrontation with my ex, it wasn't a sentence, it was a whole like two page email. And even when I would look back, I'm like, this is just so unnecessary, like for me, not even for him. Like, yeah, why do I yeah. have to beat myself and get it all out again, you know? So she had suggested, take it to the mirror. She said, I say, take it to the mat. She goes, you told me to take it to the mirror. I'm like, okay, I'll take it to the mirror. She goes, whatever you do, you start off by saying, I love you. I see you. I honor you, hmm. right? And, and however you are in this moment, I just accept completely, wholly, wholeheartedly. And then I'm like, all right, we need to have a conversation. I'm a little pee off right now and I'm angry and I'm feeling frustrated. And I literally have a conversation with yourself, right? Which is just something wow. that we're not used to doing. And I'm like, once I realized that I got all these things out, no matter what it is, and then I finished it with Nurture Positive, mm -hmm. my day was lighter every other interaction with him because he likes to stir the pot, whatever it yes. may be, because he's waiting for that reaction for me. It's all he's also ever known. So I have to understand that now. And now that there's no reaction and he doesn't know what to do with it. But for me, it's the internal thing. That's so when the next time something does arise, I'm like, oh, I know what practice I could do. And no yeah. one knows about it. I know I could go to the mirror. I know I could cry scream, yeah. curse, say what I say, have no judgment, have no shame, love myself, and then walk away and have a wonderful day. You know, and imagine if everybody could do that and yeah. not explode to the person that they want to explode in, but you're still getting it out. So it's not, you're not harboring this illness because, yes. you know, when we harbor, what does it do? It manifests into autoimmunes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's amazing. And such a great way to honor that that shadow part, the parts that we have put away and haven't looked at that um, I'm inspired to try it to get more of it out. Like it's okay, like let it almost like I heard actually once rain as the A can even be like amplify. Like if you're feeling angry, like let it be as big as it wants to be, as long as you're not going out like and, and reacting with it, right? Uh, and yeah. then like you say, um, I think these kinds of practices could heal our world like all these wars and conflicts because we're just putting that out on each other instead of letting just giving it back to the earth and letting it right because we always we always have this, something else yeah oh, absolutely because mm -hmm. we always have this thing that you did this to me mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, did this mm -hmm. so i should lash at you and tell you what you did wrong 
But like we've learned, anything that we seek in the unpleasant or the, it's all from inside, you know? And if everyone, I always tell Mitch, if it changed me the way it did internally, because I don't have to seek the validation now externally. I know what it's doing. I know what I'm not doing, you know? And then I always say, wow, if it did this for me, can you fathom what it could do worldwide? The world we would be living in now of patience and love and kindness and understanding and empathy and sympathy rather than judgment and, oh, I'm better than you. And, you know, it's, it's silliness. Yeah. And where he says it's so simple yet it can be difficult but the benefits are immeasurable yeah beautiful beautiful anything else you want to share with our listeners about where you are now the work you're doing anything at all yes so in in this new world that i've been exposed to um everyone that I I'm surrounded by is always telling me, Oh, there's something that you have to do to get you out into the public, you know, Mm -hmm. that there's just a group of women and men, you know, single moms, moms with children with special needs, those coming out of really bad divorces and so on and so forth, you know, that there's so much more to my story. There, there's a lot of baggage. And I always keep saying, and I'll say it a zillion times, that I can't believe how much has changed in two years. I can't fathom what 20 years would be like from now. And I was there just a few years ago, you know, even though, so when I started IT, yes, the star collection was a big thing for me, you know, because every time you, you know, meditate 10 consecutive days, you get another star. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But then I stopped doing it. And I made a vow to myself, just get through 365 days. If you could just make that vow and that promise and really keep it, because only you and I know about it, then let's see where it goes. Today, I celebrate 1,452 consecutive days of meditating, not only within myself, but on IT as well. And I was there before that saying, I'll never quiet the monkey mind. I'll never become accepting of the monkey mind. I can never get to where I am because of everything that I've been through. You know, what's so special about me that I have this Mm -hmm. gift that people see that I don't see. And, you know, the story goes on and on and on. And I'm here to say to whoever is listening to me, to you, to Mitch, to Dave, that it is possible, right? Every time I tell my story and it gives another woman or a man courage to tell theirs, and I can't believe theirs is what they're saying. And yet they're here doing the same work that I am and that the techniques that we're learning and look how we're all thriving. We're healthier now, we're happier now, we're grounded, we're connected, we're aligned with the universe and with each other. And if it's possible for me, then it's possible for you. I don't care what your story is. I don't care where you came from, the walk of life, how bad it's been, how good it's been, right? We all have this innate want to find peace and love and accepting of ourselves and acceptance of others, these techniques show you that. This practice, this world, 
unified mindfulness in particular has opened doors I never dreamed of. And to hopefully be out there coaching, coaching, counseling, teaching, guiding, hanging out. I don't care what label we put, just sharing, sharing the techniques and that it is possible. Everything we've ever wanted is so possible. So beautiful. Yeah. Just today I was thinking about that. It's almost like you found gold right within yourself and you're like, Oh my God, you have gold too. Like we have to let everybody know like the gold is here, right? I always tell Mitch, like, where have you been all my life? Like, where has this been? But I know it had to come in divine timing. You know, I Mm -hmm. probably would have not have been receptive to this four or five years ago at all. I probably would have thought it was a cult. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's a cult that I'm honored to be a part of now, you know, it's, and it's just beautiful and, and, and it's life changing. And I just want everybody to know that, that you sitting there, no, not me. No, not me. No. Yes. You, yes, yes you. I promise. Yes. You. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, it was such my share, yeah. Such a pleasure. Maybe we can end if you wouldn't mind guiding us through your favorite micro hit. Do you have something that you love to do? Sure, a little micro hit you sure. can guide us all to close us off. Thank so you. So I, I, I'm renovating with nurture positive right now. I don't know why, but that was the first thing that popped in my head when you said it. So, all right. So we just take a deep breath in through your nose for three seconds. And then we want to hold for three seconds. And then when we want to release through our mouth for three seconds, and here we go. just sit and just stay with that breath just feel how good the breath feels coming in through your nose and into your lungs spreading throughout your body and just feel the love that the breath brings in to your heart to your organs running that beautiful oxygen through your blood And as I sit here and I think of all the love, I think of the love I have for you, Paula, for Mitch, for Dave, for Shenzhen, for everyone watching this, how proud I am of myself, that I'm here, I am thriving, I am happy, I am whole, I accept myself in every way, I honor myself, I love myself, I am kind to myself, I am patient to myself. I am worthy of all good things and this love that I take in with my breath, I release on my breath and I share with all of you. Mm. So beautiful. Thanks so much, Annette. I'm so excited to see where your journey continues and to be a part of it in any way I can. Thank you.
Thank you, Paula. I really am humbled and honored. Don't don't justify the feeling I have. Grateful. <laughs>